Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, today's guest is someone who has been affected by the gender ideology movement, uh, of course, negatively affected by the gender ideology movement. Uh, really, actually, what had happened here is her First Amendment rights were infringed upon. Uh, her name is Sophia Laurie. She is from California. She was speaking at a public library in Davis, California, and ultimately for using the verbiage of biological man, the library shut the event down and kicked her out. Uh, but she is not staying silent. She is fighting back, which is what we all need to do. Uh, and we are so grateful to have her lawyer from Alliance Defending Freedom join on with us today. So check out the interview with Sophia Laurie. Well, Sophia, I am so glad you are coming on the podcast, uh, and really, I'm just grateful for your friendship over these these past few months uh, since your st story really broke. Uh, but I wanted to kind of just start by, you know, you were a college athlete, uh, and so I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your time as a college athlete. Of course, you know the work that goes into it uh, and what it meant to you to be able to play at the highest level. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, Riley, and I feel the same way. So grateful for the friendship we have and just everything you're doing to protect women's sports and spaces across the whole nation. It means the world to me, and I know everyone else. Um, but yeah, like you said, I played college soccer, and so I played at Vanguard University in Southern California. And I knew since I was about 10 years old, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a college soccer player. And I got to do it. I got um, the scholarship to do it when I was in high school and moved on, went to Vanguard. And it was truly the best experience of my life. You know, it's a lot of work, but being soccer, it's a fall sport. So we moved into campus a month early. So the second college started, I already had friends. I already had my teammates. I already had those girls to figure out campus with. And those seniors were able to show us around, give us the best routes to get to classes, tell us the best professors to take. And so it really accelerated my college experience. It got us going. It got us understanding how college worked. And so I was so appreciative of that. But yeah, it was a lot of work. You know, you wake up those the first month before college even starts, you're practicing two, three times a day. You're basically only taking a break to eat your lunch and take a nice bath before you get back to the field. And, you know, it's here in Southern California, it's about 100 degrees on a turf field. And so that's being said, it's normally about 20 degrees hotter on your feet because of the turf. And so it's a lot, but it's absolutely worth it. You know, we were fourth in the nation my freshman and sophomore year. We got to go to nationals where the top 16 teams go. And so those experiences, I couldn't trade for the world. I, it brought me everything I learned that I'm now using in my career, as well as my closest friends. I'm, I lived with my college teammates. I was in two of their weddings now at this point, been at a few others, and one of them is now pregnant and we're celebrating her and her baby shower. And so there's so many great things that come out of it. And yeah, it just, 
everything I could have imagined and more. And so that's why I'm really choosing to speak out and make a stand for girls being able to still have those opportunities. Absolutely. And I love how you brought up uh, the relationships you develop as well, because that's a big part of it. Uh, of course, the characteristic, how you develop as a person, uh, but your friends, your coaches, all of those things, uh, it, it plays a big part in who you are. So, um, but you mentioned taking a stand. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the video that, that really went viral. Um, I, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about it, but a little background here. Uh, of course, this was in Davis, California, uh, a public library. I mean, tell us, tell us what happened uh, and really how now you've, you've developed, I would say, the platform that you have. Yeah, so I was invited to speak at um, a forum for fair and safe sports for girls at the Davis Library in Yolo County. And so I was there not even to give the stats or stories about girls that have been injured by men and give the scientific facts as to why men don't belong in women's sports. I was there to simply share my experience about being a college athlete. And that's all I had prepped. I didn't even write a speech. It was supposed to just be to about like 20 moms, dads, grandparents in the area. So it wasn't this super intense situation, but it quickly turned into one. Um, we had a lot of protesters show up. They at first kind of just stood outside the room as the event was getting set up. We were putting the chairs out and then all of a sudden they all came in and took a seat. And so when we kicked off the event, I made it clear that all these people here would have the opportunity to have questions or make their comments at the end of the event. We had an attorney there to speak. We had um, Kim Jones there. We had a lot of great people there that were going to speak about this issue of men and women's sports. So I wanted them to all be able to share their stories and their information without anything going on. And then I began to speak after making it clear we needed to be respectful and wait for Q&A. That's when I shared that at 10 years old, I wanted to be a college athlete and I was able to achieve that. But current girls can't as long as men are taking away their spots or injuring them from playing their sport. Quickly, the crowd began to heckle me. They weren't too happy that I said men and women's sports. Um, the librarian actually stepped in as well and told me that if I didn't change my language, he would actually have to shut down the meeting. And so he I just continued on. I knew I wouldn't have much longer, so I just wanted to get the point across that men don't belong in women's sports. And that's when he told me I had to leave or the meeting would be shut down. So I stepped aside. The next speaker went up ready to go. And he eventually came in and shut down the entire meeting. Wow. You even change the verbiage to biological male. Mm -hmm. And that still wasn't enough for the library. Uh, so it seemed as if, of course, you know, not only were they asking you to, to change what you were saying, they were basically asking you to deny the truth. I mean, to not say reality. And so Tyson, uh, oh my gosh, we have had the pleasure of, of corresponding together on different things. Uh, one, please tell us, you know, you, what your role is uh, and to kind of explain the legal side of things, because now uh, you guys are pursuing litigation. Uh, and, and so would you mind explaining what this looks like? 
Sure. So thanks so much for having me, Riley, and uh, for all you're doing out there. Uh, I've got five kids and coached my, my girls in soccer as well and seen all of the work that goes into it. So this is important. Uh, in my role as the director of the Center for Academic Freedom, you know, our goal is to protect that the marketplace of ideas. Uh, right. And that's what the First Amendment essentially does. But what happened to Sophia and to the other women at this event was they were shut down by a government official. They were told that you can't speak because of your viewpoint. So the, the, the protesters there, they were able to express their viewpoint that they believe is gender is fluid and, and that you, you know, that a man can become a woman just by declaring it. But Sophia wasn't able to articulate her position, right? Without being censored. And that's, that's contrary to the First Amendment. I mean, it, 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 the bedrock of our First Amendment is that a government official cannot shut somebody down simply because they dislike their viewpoint. But that's exactly what happened. So after this happened, we heard about it, and uh, we're great friends with Sophia and the California Family Council doing all the great work they're doing out there. We heard about this, and so we said, hey, we want to help you out. So we sent a letter to the library, and we said, look, uh, Sophia has the right to call men men. That's not a violation of California law, and it's protected by the First Amendment. And we would just ask that you allow them to do another event and guarantee that they won't be censored. Unfortunately, they sent a letter back and basically, you know, obfuscated the issue. They wouldn't really agree to it. And so we had to file a lawsuit because um, not only Sophia, but Beth Bourne out there with Moms for Liberty is doing great work at the library, exposing all of these different things. She holds events at the library. And we want her to be able to hold those events without being censored by people who disagree with her viewpoints. So we filed a lawsuit and we're asking the court to enjoin to stop the policies that are being enforced against Beth and, and Sophia and the other women that are trying to speak courageously on, on really important topics like men competing in women's sports. Well, absolutely. Uh, since, you know, the lawsuit has been filed, what, what kind of does the timeline look like? You know, has the library responded in any way? And I, I guess really my question is, uh, do you believe this is a winnable case because to me, obviously with no uh, law expertise here, what I see and I imagine how Sophia felt was a clear violation, just as you described of her first amendments. Uh, so I would, I would see this as a winnable case, but from a lawyer's perspective, what are you thinking there? And of course I know nothing is set in stone until it is um, sure. but just your perspective. Yeah, it's absolutely a winnable case because, uh, again, the, the Supreme Court has made clear time and time again that the First Amendment uh, does not allow a government official to determine what content or viewpoint is allowed in a forum. So the library didn't have to open up its meeting rooms for the public to use them. But when they do, they have to allow all everyone to use those facilities uh, regardless of their viewpoint. Um, and that is, it, it's clear that in no case in, in a public forum does a government have the right to censor based upon viewpoint. And that's what happened here. Um, you know, it's, it's very difficult to articulate an argument in favor of protecting women's sports if we can't, if we can't distinguish between men and women, if we can't communicate clearly what is a man and what is a woman, right? And that's what they were trying to do. They're trying to shut down the event. They're trying to shut down the debate by, by siding with one side over the other, uh, in employing these speech codes. And that's, that's wrong. So thankfully, after we filed suit, the, the library's uh, attorney did reach out to us and, 
and said that they are actually amending the policies. They're in the process of that and have indicated that they will allow Sophia and the other women to come back and host another event without censoring them. So we're thankful for that. But we obviously have to ensure, one, that the policies they enact are good because the librarian clearly had a, a wrong view of the First Amendment. He, he literally said, this is a violation of California law to allow you to call men men. Uh, and uh, he, he clearly doesn't understand us. We need a good policy in place that makes sure to protect uh, everyone when they go use these, these uh, meeting rooms um, in, in, in the future. Absolutely. Um, I remember after this story, you know, especially that video went viral. I, of course, took to my social media to talk about it. Uh, and then I was accused for inciting a bomb threat into the library, which is absolutely ridiculous uh, because, of course, I condemn all acts of violence, regardless of, of who it's from. Um, but, Sophia, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, why do you feel this, this lawsuit is important? Uh, and what do you hope to accomplish from it? Yeah, well, you know, it started off as being a whole issue of protecting women's sports. And then the situation happens, we're in this lawsuit, and it adds this whole other factor of now it's to protect our free speech. And I think this lawsuit's extremely important because I'm not just saying, hey, we're here because we want our free speech protected. We want everyone's free speech protected. I don't care if you agree with me or disagree with me. We're here in America. We have that First Amendment right and everyone deserves to have that. And also we have so many things going on um, legally and also just across the nation here in California, all the way up to D.C., People are trying to put bills into place that are protecting women's sports. People are trying to put bills in place that are attacking women's sports, all these different things. We can't progress as a society. We can't figure thing, these things out as a society if we don't even have the freedom of speech to talk and respect each other. And so that's why this case is important. It's so we can continue to have these conversations and so more Americans understand we have the right to have these conversations. Absolutely. Uh, and those issues, I've realized, too, they certainly go hand in hand. Um, this, I would say, the gender ideology movement as a whole and the suppression of our freedoms. Um, you know, a lot of people would look at this uh, and say, I think a lot of people do say, actually, I'm certain people do, because we have a lot of people from California moving to my home state of Tennessee uh, but people will say, you know, California is a lost cause. You know, there's nothing we can do here. It's an uphill battle. We can't really win this this fight. Uh, why is this important, especially in the state of California? You know, why why is it important to stay and fight? Yeah. So what people don't realize is there is a lot of Christians here in California. There is a lot of conservatives here in California that are fighting and fighting hard. And so we need to unite and keep fighting because Right now, we have a lot of attacks coming on gender and this whole gender ideology on children from our capital, from our legislators. And if we don't push back, it's not going to stay just here in California. It's going to go across the whole nation. We watched it happen. We had a bill that made California basically a trans sanctuary state that became into law in 2022. We then watched Minnesota basically recreate that same law in 2023. So it's it's not just staying in California. What happens in California happens across the nation. And that also means if we can fix it and stop it here in California, we ultimately can fix it and stop it across the whole nation. And so 
we actually have a ballot initiative we're trying to get on the ballot um, for 2024 election. And it's called the Protect Kids Initiative. You can go to Protect Kids California. And basically it's three simple things. It's that men can't go into women's locker rooms, bathrooms, and sports teams. It's that public schools have to inform the parents if their child chooses to identify as a different gender or wants to use a different locker room or have a different name. And it's also that if a child is under 18, they can't have mutilating and sterilizing surgeries. So it's basically common sense things. And if we can get that on the ballot, the polls are showing that here in California will be successful, that will pass. And again, if we do that here in California, I think we see a whole change across the entire nation. Gosh, absolutely. Uh, so to reiterate that, uh, is it protectkidsca.org or .com? People yes. can to? Okay, so if you believe in the safeguarding of children, uh, parental rights, and keeping women's sports for women, uh, of course, everyone should go to protectkidsca.org, especially if you're a Californian, uh, and let your voice be heard, because I think, I believe now more than ever, people are looking for outlets to let their voice be heard, and this is certainly one of those things. Uh, and, and so, Sophia, you know, what's, what's next for you? Uh, I'm sure you could have never imagined yourself personally in this position. Uh, so what's next as this, this lawsuit continues on? Uh, what does the future look like for you? Yeah, well, we're hoping to host the event at the library again. So that's going to be one of the next major things of actually being able to share our stories, share the scientific information, share basic biology and truth to the Davis community. And so that's coming up hopefully um, early in 2024. We'll see that happen as well as since I work with California Family Council, we'll have a big fight in the legislative session. Um, we have some pretty rough bills coming back this year. Last year, I had to testify to our legislators that men don't menstruate. Um, you think that would be common sense. Um, I sat up there. I just gave a two minute speech about how they are racing women. It's common sense that men don't menstruate and we don't need to be using our taxpayer dollars to put menstrual products in men's restrooms was immediately called um, homophobic, transphobic, a hate group, all these different names. And so the goal is really just to bring light to that, to you know, I know when I go and testify, it's not going to necessarily change the legislators' minds, but if we can bring light and let Californians aware of what our legislators are doing, I think we can see a change here in California. So the goal is for at least the next year to make California a better place for the next generation to come. Gosh, absolutely. And, and you hit it on the head. It is for the next generation because they're ultimately the ones who are going to be left to deal with a lot of the nonsense, really the lunacy mm -hmm. uh, that we're allowing now. And so I could not be more grateful for both you and California Family Council, um, an amazing group of people who do amazing work uh, in a climate where it is tough. Uh, there's a lot of vitriol, uh, again, a lot of just, I, I would say, lack of common sense sometimes coming from the leaders of the state. Uh, so to stay and fight so hard is incredibly admirable. And I believe something that people across the nation could learn from. Um, and so before we wrap up, uh, Tyson, I, I wanted to very briefly ask you um, about a case that ADF has taken on and has done a phenomenal job with. Really, this, this case, uh, it was the first I had heard of this issue of allowing men into women's sports uh, anywhere in the nation. And of course, this is the Connecticut case. Uh, a lot of people may know of it. Um, 
But there was a big win recently surrounding this case. Uh, do you mind kind of briefly explaining what just happened and why this is a win for sanity? Uh, and of course, for women, uh, especially women in sports. Absolutely. So, yeah, we represent a, a number of uh, high school female track athletes in Connecticut uh, who were uh, denied uh, the ability to uh, win state championships and, and other track meets and accomplishments and, and get scholarships and so forth because two men, two biological men, chose to compete. They, they moved from competing against men into the female competition, and they came in and just started blowing out uh, the competition and and we represent our, our our athletes were phenomenal they were they were at the top of their game and yet they were getting beaten taking away opportunities so uh, that actually was uh, authorized by Connecticut um, the the their their association of athletics which co governs all high school athletics and it it allows this it allowed men to compete in women's sports and so we challenged that we filed a lawsuit uh, and the district court dismissed it and they basically said. Well, there's really no harm to these girls. One, because a couple of them have, have now graduated and went on. And they've also said there, there, there isn't any harm. They didn't take away. They essentially said women don't have a right to win women's, uh, you know, they have a right to compete, but they don't have a right to win, right? Um, and we appealed that to the Second Circuit. We initially lost there before a panel. That went to the en banc, meaning the entire circuit, uh, 15 judges, and they just yesterday reversed that decision and sent it back to the circuit court and the district court and said, you have stated a claim. If you can prove what you've, what you've alleged in here, then you do have the right to, to uh, potentially receive a recovery. So we're really excited about that. As you indicated, that's the first lawsuit in the country that was filed on these issues. It really is what spawned a lot of the discussions around this. And we're so thankful for the clients that were willing to stand up. And we're really excited to be able to get back into court and to prove that, that it is that, that laws that allow men to compete against women are harmful. They do harm women every time. They're taking away opportunities um, and, and it shouldn't be allowed. And we need to protect the ability for women to compete in, in women's sports. Well, that's amazing. And again, we're grateful for your work. Of course, the girls, uh, Selena has just been uh, a warrior. One of, one of the, the plaintiffs uh, in this lawsuit has just been a, a warrior throughout all of this. Um, and I, I'm so grateful for her and the other girls as well. Um, to my understanding, there's never been a Title IX case brought before the Supreme Court either. Uh, so this could really set a precedent there as well if it makes it to that point, which hopefully it doesn't have to. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't. But I mean, the bottom line is Title IX is clear. The whole purpose of Title IX was to protect, uh, you know, women's rights to have equal access to sports. And, and so we think that's a, you know, uh, a clear interpretation and we're hoping we don't have to get the Supreme Court. But if that's what it takes, we're willing to fight all the ways to ensure that all women have equal access uh, to be able to compete and that their, their spaces are not invaded by men. And that they have the right to win, just like you said, because just as men have the right to win, so do women. Uh, so we are so grateful for both of you, uh, Sophia. We will certainly be following along uh, with your lawsuit and what that looks like and how we can help amplify and support you uh, and the work that you're doing, not just for the people of California, but really for people across the nation, uh, especially young girls and women whose future and whose opportunities are on the line here. Uh, so thank you both very much for coming on today. Thank you so Thanks, much, Riley. Riley. So grateful for you.
Thank you guys for tuning in to the Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, I think we really could all learn something from Sophia, and that is to fight. Uh, whatever that fight may be, Ronald Reagan himself said that our freedoms are never more than one generation away from extinction. Uh, and I think what Sophia went through and what others around the country continue to go through certainly proves that to be true. Uh, but again, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe anywhere where you get your podcast. Uh, of course, outkick.com. And we will see you guys next week. <laughs>